Hey everybody, this is Drew. And it's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 74. Uh, before I get into it, let me go ahead and shoot through our internet presence uh, preamble. You can find us by searching our name on pretty much any social media thing. You got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Discord. And you can find us also on Spotify by searching the name. But also on Spotify, you'll find the playlist that Drew curates where he plays all the uh, all the songs from all the bands that we've recommended thus far we also want to thank all of our patrons uh, you can also join that Patreon it's super simple just type our name in on Patreon you'll find us yeah I've updated the Patreon a little bit there's just one one tier right now because I don't really have too much to do on it per se but I do have the the main uh, tier, the only tier, sorry, that gets you the podcast. Kind of, it's the unedited, weird version, probably a week before the the full podcast releases. And on there, we will take, we will tell, we can we'll, we'll post on there the games that are coming up. And we see if people notice our episodes have really long, silly names, and we like to let a Patreon uh, name an episode if if they if they want to if they if they can throw stuff together for us to make a really long silly name for an episode coming out we'll give the patreon credit for naming the episode i thought it, i thought it'd be kind of fun and kind of funny so other people could come up with because our names are just ridiculous part, part of the ridiculous gag that me only me and blake thinks is funny probably but uh yeah that's what the patreon is looking like now if you want to go take a look at it i've updated it a little bit okay that sounds perfect we also have a store where you can buy an assortment of different things with our logo on it. A glorious pair of underwear, some, what, socks, a beanie, koozie, a few other things. Uh, more recently, too, uh, we want to thank everyone who's been joining us on our Twitch. We've been doing a bunch of that lately. And if you tuned in last episode, uh, you got to meet our third uh, unofficial host, or third official host. <laughs> Uh, Brian, thank you for being part of our co-op endeavors. And that is, uh, I think we still stream that under the two smoke controllers, mm -hmm. but it has a ridiculously long name, <laughs> <laughs> which we got a kick out of that. Now, this is a little bit of self-promotion for me. I have a short story that I published a while back uh, through Amazon called They Come This Night. It's uh, free for anybody who has Kindle Limited. If you don't, it is just a dollar. Feel free to, uh, you know, buy that, read it, and, you know, feel free to leave me a review or whatever saying I suck. And I also, more recently, uh, we have a brother podcast called Action, the movie podcast, where me and our co-host Steve 
take turns throwing movies back at one another and not discussing it until we actually record. And that seems to be pretty fun. Uh, we're on, we just put out a new episode of... No, we're going to record a new episode of that later this week. No, one just came out last mm-hmm. Sunday. One just came out Sunday. Okay, my bad. Last Sunday. And uh, the last but not least is right now, as you're listening to this preamble, there should be a bed of music. Feel free to, if you're someone who makes music, you can always email us at the number two smoke controllers at gmail.com and you can give us you know a sample or something of the better music that we can play uh, right now we have a toss-up between a gentleman Skyler and our friend Brandon Little and you can find links to all of this in the show notes now uh, today's episode it's been a minute since we've done one of these it's kind of an uh, essentially going to be an achievement episode. It didn't start out that way because the three games that we're going to be covering, we all got because we were interested in them, expecting to get more out of them than they were, but it kind of turned out... We're just beating them for the achievements at that. We, at a certain point. You're playing them, you're like, oh, I really don't enjoy this, but the game's not very long, so I'll just wrap up the achievements on this. And we're doing them in order of enjoyment. Overall, sort of. Th- sort of overall enjoyment. Definitely the least favorite first. No, this is kind of a toss-up between the other two. And at the end, because um, this might be a slightly more negative than we, we usually do, I have a TV show that we adore on the end to end on a high note. <laughs> so, the first thing we're going to be diving... Do you have anything to add, Drew? No, that's it. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right, so the first thing we're going to be diving into, the first game, is called Stone. A hip-hop stoner noir. Stone originally came out uh, January 27th, 2020. It is put out, it is developed and published by Convict Games. And they've been around since 2017, so they're a fairly new baby. Now, much like a lot of these small companies, it was incredibly difficult to figure out the amount of people. Uh, so I'm going to ballpark it and say under 10, because I literally couldn't find one. It just says that they're a global team where they don't have an office. Everyone just works in a virtual space. Yeah. Uh, thus far, they have made two games. Uh, this one and then their follow-up game, which is called Burn. Now, Burn is it's on Xbox. came out 2022. And it is a... It's, it's a similar to this where it's like a third-person kind of thing but it's also it's funny because we've talked about a similar subject the whole point of it it's a pop star on the rise having dealt with a a cult on the side and I think we talked about a TV show starring uh, Lily Rose Depp that was almost the exact same premise but it was a but it's weird that these two things exist concurrently but have nothing to do with one another yeah because this burn's not out yet. Like it's on, like it's on TA, but there's no achievements or any art or anything. So it's well, not I think called. they're shooting for it to come out this yeah. year. Is okay. what it, I think it was. 
And that's kind of it. Uh, like they're, they're they're a newbie company, based off this one. They have a lot of um, ambition, but they still need a little work. I'll say that much. All right. So um, you ready to dive into Stone? Yeah, sure. Let me preface this by saying I wanted to enjoy this game. Let okay. me just say that I wanted to. I watched the trailer. I looked great. I was like, yeah. oh man. We bought this at a little five dollar price point. Based off of trailers, we did purchase this game. They got our money. The trailer made it seem like it was going to be the Big Lebowski, but the detective story. And it ended up not being that, as advertised. They call it a feature-length interactive game. And the game had fun music, some nice you know, dubstep electronica and some hip-hop. The game was entirely voice-acted, which wasn't awful. And the, I guess the art style wasn't bad either, but playing the game was clunky and annoying. It wasn't, it wasn't interesting. You can go into the main character. Our main character is named uh, Stone. <laughs> and he is, uh, basically it starts out, he is a hungover koala and he is in search of his kidnapped lover. Everything's anthropomorphized. We have talking, like I said, koala. Then we have crocodiles, parakeets, foxes, and wombats. There may be a few that I've missed, but that's that's what we're kind of we're getting into like a neo noir sort of serious dark underbelly. So it sets a a funny tone with a serious tone, and it was a little jar. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it really got the. Uh... It had never reached the noir feeling or the dark feeling, and it was never dark enough to try to. If it was going for that, like that kind of gritty detective thing, it never got there. No, but I'm, I'm wondering, wonder if it was even really trying to get there. Maybe, maybe if you play the game and think of it as a parody of maybe. those, it might be a little more fun. But I've, I don't know. The overall story was like the part that found. I found lacking because I don't want to spoil it for people who do want to play it necessarily because it's I don't know if people are, are going to want to bother playing it alright so I'm going to go ahead and full spoiler warning right now if you don't want to know anything about this go ahead and fast forward five minutes and pick up in in our next game probably because <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about this very long because the whole the reason I say that is because I beat I got the 1k for this game in an hour and two minutes Hour and two? Mm-hmm. Well, hour and 41. That's weird. No, hold on. No, I got the 1K in two hours. Exactly. So you're always higher than me. Yeah. Sorry, so an hour and 41 minutes for me. But yeah. So basically you play it and it's supposed to play the same length as you would do a movie. That's yeah. the whole that's the reason they have it timed that way. The story, you wake up, it starts out as a kind of a cool mystery. You wake up and your house is thrashed and your lover Alex is kidnapped. And then... You start going through all these things, and you're kind of realizing, man, my character is horrible. He's a just a bad human being. He never pays. Koala. Yeah, he's a bad koala. He's a bad drop bear. And he never pays for his drinks. He yells. He's high all the time. Like he's just not a, a good person. And it culminates that your lover Alex, he faked his own kidnapping just to get away from you. 
because he he just wanted to you he assumed that it would be too much work for you to look for him if he was kidnapped <laughs> and you finally do it and he's like it's because you're horrible I hate you and then he leaves and so you're just left wanting in the, in the end you're just like man this is awful the only the only redeeming factors at the end your uh, stone like he's at a bar again one of the bars you you frequent and they're like he's the usual he's like nah. Just give me, you know, give me a cola or something. He's actually trying to be better at the end, but the whole thing was just a bit of a letdown. Like, it was a cool step in the right direction, but it was all these characters and all this fun. They they need better writing. Now, like I said, there's a very small team. I guess 10. It might be less. This might be someone's first time writing something. Yeah. I don't know, but I will play their next game cautiously. Like I'll play it. Yeah, but most of the stuff is really is just like going from location to location. I'm like, where's Alex? You know, it's just like yeah. that's, that's most of the. Anybody seen Alex? It's just like that's, that's like the whole game. It will also because we we played through using a a TA guide, so it kind of streamlined the process. They had built a pretty large area, and there's a few places that there's no need to go to as far as the achievement guide was concerned. Maybe you could world build in some of those places, but it just, it, it didn't, like I said, it was ambitious. The art was good, the music was good, the voice acting wasn't terrible by any means. Mm-hmm. It was the main function, though, was... It's like everything, it, all the stuff that's good, they could trick you in a, in a trailer into buying it. like Which they did for us. We, we, yeah. we, we, we bought it... You know, it was on sale. We're like, oh, five bucks. Oh, what's your trailer? Oh, dude, that sounds great. It looks awesome. Let's play that. It'll be fun. And it it wasn't. Yeah. I, I hate to crap all over the game, but I, I think it's really just the story. Everything else was wonderful. But the key element in a quote-unquote, this is their quote, a hip-hop stoner noir needs to be the story. Yeah. There's um, since we're kind of doing a parts of doing an achievement episode, there's a couple, there's one time we had to like, there's like just one thing you have to make a choice and like load and do the other choice, which was kind of annoying. Soft touch and hard ass. It was try to friendly approach it first and try to tough approach. I think you do the tough approach first and then, and then he gets his gets his butt kicked, and it goes back and you got to do the do the nice choice or load your game or something like that and do the and do the nice choice. There's that one, which is typical of any any game that has choice. Like there's always an achievement, is one, one way or the other. There is a order to white order to white Russian, like a dude, the dude. Yeah. So there's that one, of course. There's a big Lebowski. Went to the cinema, which is weird. I guess I guess you don't have to go to the. It's one of the things you talk about. You don't have to go to the movies. Well, yeah. Well, the cool thing about that though is in the randomly, in the cinema they actually have some. What do you call it? Free source, mm-hmm. open source, open source, or um, public domain, I guess. Public domain movies and TV shows that play fully. Now, the problem is how they have it arranged. As you're watching for third person over your co- over Stone's shoulder in a movie theater, but you can still watch an entire like old school movie. There's like six or eight choices to pick from. Mm-hmm. You can just watch that movie. Yeah. In its entirety, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then there's the one that the the dumb achievement, I think, um, dance to techno at, at Echo. Echo is one of the bars. Yeah, you have to like stand still 
and he and and he'll start to like sway, I guess, to the music. You have to do that for like ten minutes or something. Well, you have to do it for a certain amount of time, but it it says you can get it anytime you go in there. But I remember trying, like letting him dance for a couple minutes and okay. then dance for a couple minutes, and it so never this, worked. Okay, this is a okay. So it's not a time based thing; it's a random thing, which is annoying. So this achievement is for being in the Echo Club when there is techno music on. It's random what music will be playing. You can travel back and forth until it pops or stop back in sometimes while you're playing through. So you're kind of just dropping in. Oh, that's fun. Hoping and you have to press a button for him to dance. So you press a button for him to dance. So it's about just finding the freaking correct music, which I don't remember how many tries it took me. But could you go to, could you go to Echo? I think Echo's where the crocodile is. Yeah. Could you go there and talk to the crocodile a couple of times? Yeah. Almost, most everything else is uh, just finishing the different acts. There's something about drinking here. I don't know what that is. Drink all. You know, you drink every drink, probably at the bar, at the parakeets bar, and at the techno joint. Make sure you drink one of every kind of drink or something. No, it's uh, after finishing the game and epilogue, go to the Smoky Possum and order a drink. Oh. Game had potential, and that's all I'll say. I just... Yeah. I Unfortunately, it, it didn't. It didn't do what I wanted, and the as advertised in that trailer was either. I don't know. It was a great trailer. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the trailer now. It's been a couple of years, probably. But not a super great game. Do you have anything else you want to add on that one, Drew? It's been a little while since we played it. We kind of set it. To, we set it to the side because it would have. If it was good, it would have been on like a a full episode with a, with a, with another another pairing of another game if it was actually good but but we waited for something like this to where a couple of these things to build up knockout in one episode uh yeah it looks like it's got like a I don't know if it matters to anybody because that's got a 2.2 out of 5 on TA so people just really kind of don't like it I think I'll rate it I think I'll rate it as well I think I'll give it a, a 1.5 I don't like it alright so the next game we'll be tackling had uh, again uh, quite a lot of potential. Then, for, personally for me, it it falls a little short. All right, the next game we'll be tackling is called Twelve Minutes. Now, 12 Minutes is uh, originally came out August 19th, 2021, and it is a solo developer, a single fella, Luis Antonio, or maybe Louis Antonio, my bad if I mispronounce it. Now, he, this, uh, he is uh, Portuguese, and this is his first game, but he has been in the video game business for a while. Primarily, I believe it was um, in the art department and art director. Some of his big things was he was the art director for The Witness. It's a pretty big puzzle game. And he was in the art department for Max Payne 3. He did still boards and stuff like that and helped character design creatures and environments. As Creature, well, Creatures? Not creatures. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean? Well, other, well whatever's like in your head, your, your visions. Not necessarily creatures, but he was also part of Magna Carta 2. Random, he's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he's just a fellow working. 
you know, wherever they need him to go, freelance and play back. I played Magna Carta two all the way through. Mm-hmm. Part on TA, I think. I think that was on Xbox. And he, and Manhunt. Yeah, Manhunt two, which is also another. I think Manhunt's also a Rockstar property. Oh, I thought you. Yeah, you well, said I was, I was looking at the Magna Carta. I can't. I can't. I don't understand this date. This January two thousand. Because I beat it on January second, two thousand eleven. Uh, yeah, it didn't track time back then. Back then, yeah. This came as an estimated hundred to one hundred and thirty hours of completion time. You didn't complete it, did you? you no, no way. No, I got sixty-one percent of the achievements. I did beat that game though. It's got DLC. Anyway, so this is not the Magna Carta thing. But no, it's a random game. Uh, Antonio, no, Louis Antonio, like Portuguese. Mostly, like I said, mostly art. He also was a um, play tester for what happened to Edith Finch. Edith Finch. So he's done playtesting and stuff too. So he's said he's all over the place doing whatever's necessary for to work in the industry. I guess. Basically, yes. Now, twelve minutes is a what do you call it? A a real time sort of. Uh, before that, is, it, is this, is this a co- what's the company for this? Him, just him, just, just like, Louis he, Antonio. He didn't put a company on. He attached a company name to it or nothing. Just his name, oh, Louis that's, Antonio. Ooh, that's a uh, pretentious. Uh, it says it was published by Annapurna Interactive, but they do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like I said, of course, uh, he did everything, but he had a, a co-writer and a composer, but that's, that tends to happen with everything. Because the way the way that it's designed is it's sort of like a, like a movie, almost. Uh, it is a, a real-time... Is it point-and-click or click-and-drag? What's the difference in that? I don't know. But everything I look at it calls it a click and drag and not a point and click. And maybe just a, a regional thing because he's Portuguese, maybe. I don't know. But basically, I guess it's the same thing. It's a real-time, point and click, top-down mystery. Mm-hmm. And the whole game takes place in either a very small New York apartment or a... A library at someone's home. Mm-hmm. That's it. You, those two locations, and the entire game is a series of the literally the same twelve minutes repeated. Mm-hmm. But you alter a little bit. You slightly alter, and you're like, "Oh, how long could that be?" Uh, three hours of twelve minute intervals. Yeah, I did two hours and twenty two minutes. Mine was three hours. Of twelve of the of the of twelve minute intervals. Now, again, I don't know if, if this being this dude's first game, someone had some pulls somewhere. I'm guessing maybe his publisher with the they're pretty big Annapurna. But this game is entirely voice acted, with three pretty massive talents. Frankly, <laughs> uh, we have characters such as husband, wife, and cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got. So, husband is voiced by James McAvoy. For those who don't know James McAvoy, he's a badass. I mean, you got Wanted. He's Professor X in the prequel X-Men series. He is in so many things. Filth. Most, yeah, filth, but most recently you saw him in uh, Glass and uh, Split. And Split, where he's the lead He's the lead in Split. Actually owned that whole movie. He's a pretty cool guy. He's voicing um, 
is a little more obscure, but he's voicing the an aud- audible version of the Sandman. He's he's voicing a d- dream. Morpheus. Dream. Morpheus. Yeah, he's dreaming. He's voicing the main character in that. So he's doing he's doing a lot of big things. I mean, that's just a small little chunk of what he's doing, really. And everyone loves James McAvoy. Now, wife is voiced by Daisy Ridley. For those in the know, she's Ray Star Wars. Or Ray she's Ray Skywalker, Ray she's Ray from Star Wars. She, she changed Skywalker? Her, she at the end of the last one she she changed her name to Skywalker. Oh god, that sucks so bad. It will, we're not gonna do we're, that. We're not going to the Star Wars right now. She's also been, done a bunch of other things. I think she did a movie called Chaos Walking with Tom Holland that looks interesting. I'm willing to watch that. I ain't got around to it yet. It didn't do very well either. But anyway, Daisy Ridley, she's you know wonderful lady. I don't have really anything bad to say about her. I got bad things to say about Star Wars. Not her fault. She did the best she had with the writing she had. Anyway, I like her. She's fun. And now, cop is uh, voiced by Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And that's Willem Dafoe. The end. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. Yeah. You got Boondock Saints. You got Green Goblin. You got Lighthouse. You got it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he's been acting for 40 years. so and He's a voice, too. Like He's the standout voice for this, but just because of Willem. Willem has such a, a standout voice. He's really, he stands out way more. Like, I didn't... Daisy, whatever, Ridley. I'm not a fan of her, so I mean, she's just a, a woman voice happening in the thing. Even um, McAvoy. McAvoy is kind of just a voice. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have a, a standout voice either. He's a great actor on screen. Doesn't I say about hiring famous people to do your games like that? Like they don't always have a voice. But Willem, luckily, Willem has a voice that you can know. Like, oh, that's freaking Willem Dafoe. Like, he's he's all around encompassing. Yeah, that's the, that's just the difference in difference in people and stuff like that. Yeah, you could have put any, you could have been anybody, his husband and wife, and I wouldn't have mattered who it was to me because I mean, and there's other like miscellaneous actors. I think there's one other person you talk to, like cop's daughter on the phone. Yeah, once or twice. I don't think that's not 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 a major. She was literally one of the people. She was like somebody, wasn't anything huge. And I think Willem Dafoe voices someone's dad, but he tones it down a little bit. But a little bit. It's Willem Dafoe. It's hard for him to turn down, tone down. Yeah, I thought it was, just, it was. It's confusing because it's Willem Dafoe again. Yeah. You know, we talk about that. Like, it's, he plays a different character. But I was like, very confusing because it's Willem Dafoe again. Yeah. Is it not the same character? It's not. I don't think it was. Yeah. So you're working through the same 12 minutes, only slightly changing things. We did have a TA guide for this. Kind of telling us because you could do the loops forever. Like there's like there's technically an ending, but you can kind of go back into it and just do the same twelve minutes over and over again, only just slightly altering different things you do to trigger different things to happen. So I have we had a guy to kind of like minimize the number of times we were running through these loops. I don't I didn't take note of how many times I went through the loop. I don't think, but uh, there is a point somewhere where I got I got kind of sick of it. <laughs> That's the point where I just, just one not the first, I only played it in one night. And I, was talking, I just about quit, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired of this already. It was like the first hour, probably, and I was like, I'm just going to ride it out, maybe, because I don't think it's, it's not hard or anything. You just got to walk to a certain place and click on a certain thing. It's being uh, uh, under a timer a lot of the time, which is kind of annoying, because the time, I, mean, I think you can pause and the time stops. Yeah. But you got to go do very specific things in a very specific order to make things happen. I don't know how 
how long people play this game to figure out these exact things to make these things trigger. That would be really obnoxious to play in like 10 loops just to figure out one thing by accident. I can't, I can't imagine playing this without without a guide. It would be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, I would have given There's up. There's no way I would have played it all the way through without a guide. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, yeah, random, like, he even, the uh, the character, the creator, says that he drew inspiration from a plethora of things, citing a couple of works, including Memento, Green Room, The Shining, and Filth. Filth actually being one of McAvoy's roles, so it's pretty cool that he got to have McAvoy voice in his video game yeah because it is it starts out kind of simple you like actually no it starts out kind of confusing from the get-go you come home from work and then a knock on the door you're both killed immediately <laughs> and then you your character wakes up outside this door and you're like uh-oh what huh and then it just starts there and the mystery kind of builds and you can it goes a bunch of different ways. <laughs> and I won't spoil the story for this because this is... The, the final reveal... I'm going to be honest. The final reveal is stupid. A little bit. It's just dumb. But... Uh, I don't know. It's... I can't even say it's interesting. Like, otherwise, Again, otherwise, this, this would be like a full episode if it was... Turns out it was actually kind of good and worth talking about because I've heard other podcasts talk about this and everybody's just kind of like... Ooh... You know, yeah. it kind of sucks. But I wish I liked it more. Yeah. The idea, if the, if the, again we're when the same problem we run into a lot of games, uh, and it's anybody thinks they can make a game and like, but it, it takes good writing to make a game. And like Stone has really boring and whatever kind of terrible writing, and I just don't think the end goal for this and the writing of this throughout is just not. It's not compelling. Not not really, unfortunately. Yeah. And repeating the same not compelling thing over you know, and 20 over. times yeah. or so is just not... Again, maybe if we didn't have a guide and we were paying more attention... I was paying, you, gotta, you have to pay attention because yeah, you got you, go, to you know when to move and where to go. You gotta, and, it's very precise. And you hear, you, hear it, you hear it a bunch of times. It repeats itself a bunch of times. You hear the story over and over and over. So, uh, I get three sort of things. Yeah. is the game was originally much more ambitious. He had it set for a 24-hour day with like but it was a 24-hour day within an entire city block. And that just became way too much for himself, I guess, so he toned it way way back. Yeah, way back. Way back. Cuz that's what he wanted it to be. I mean, you see about how much variance you could have in 12 minutes. I can't imagine trying to do a 24-hour day. I, I would quit. I like how he didn't, he, he didn't cut back to a 12-hour day. He cut back all the way back to a 12-minute thing. Yeah. Now, this is a pretty extreme 12 minutes some, at some points. So maybe it should have been like an hour, maybe. Yeah, because some, sometimes that 12 minutes is so precise. I'd have been happy with 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just give me a tiny little bit of wiggle room, but sometimes it's there is none. Yeah. People talk about um, drugging your pregnant wife multiple times to... Uh, yeah, get, get where you need to go. One of the steps is to get her like not in the room, so you drug her, and she you, you find out. Well, I guess you don't always like you find out pretty early that she is pregnant, but you don't always address it in every loop. But you do multiple times drug her to get her out of the way, 
So you are drugging a pregnant woman multiple times. People found that to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot that she was, but yeah, that's one of the big reviews. She is pregnant. She's like the, the main, like when you play through the straight, like the straight, the straight through 12 minutes where nothing bad happens, really, you just kind of find out you're pregnant. It's like, yay, and then 12 minutes is over. Or you like don't even interact. I don't think you just let it play. You kind of let it play out, yeah. Well, if you, I don't remember, because you let it play out, then the cop shows up. Is that that where he shows up? And so maybe there is no nice one because he kind of just shows up. He let it play out. He just shows up and he kills you both, doesn't he? Yeah. But still. <laughs> yeah. So he, so he, the cop shows, shows up. When the cop shows up, and I don't know what minute he shows up. He shows up and he has a whole thing where um, apparently she, I won't say everything, but apparently he's there because she apparently killed her dad years ago and then ran away. So he's, he's like tracked her down. There's more to it than that as you come to find out. But like he, he the reason he, the reason the cop is showing up, so I'll, I'll tell you, is he's there to find her because she supposedly, quote, quote, quote unquote, you know, Killed her dad. Killed her dad and ran away from the whatever city she was in. He's tracked her down. I don't. You'll get more into why who he is and why he tracked her down specifically and why he cares so much as you play through it. But that that at least tells you why the cop shows up in every loop. Um. So you do find I said he, he end up talking to his daughter on the phone. Mm-hmm. The cop's daughter. That is one one way where the cops in the house and you uh uh incapacitate the cop. I won't say how. That's part of part of the part of the problem. So you do incapacitate the cop in one loop, and you're able to get his daughter's phone number out of his phone, and then you have to weirdly, at the beginning of a loop, you have to like get into the closet by the front door, and inside the closet in a pocket in a jacket is a cell phone, and use that cell phone to call his daughter, to like tell her to try to get his your daughter his daughter to stop him from coming to the house or stop him from killing her buddy or just. A bunch of weird conversations you have with his daughter, and then like, and, the, and it triggers the scenes where like you're, you and your wife are arguing in the house, and you hear Willem come up the elevator, and he's like, his phone rings, and he's like arguing with his daughter on the phone and stuff like that. He gets him to go away, and then yeah, so sometimes he gets him to go away. Sometimes he gets him to come inside, and he's even madder because you somehow got a hold of his daughter, which he is not. He's not too keen on that. Not too. Not even really worried about how you manage to get his daughter's his home number or his daughter's cell phone, whatever you end up you end up getting. It's very very strange. Just a couple of things you do. Now, one there is some create. I mean, there's a lot of creativity in it, but there are ways to end a loop prematurely. Yeah, I was, was going to say that. Um, some of them are simple. It's just like, oh, let me turn around and walk out the door. That's the most basic one. A lot of times, the thing the thing will be like, in the way you've, you've accomplished what you need in this loop. Just walk out the front door to reset it. He'll, he'll say that. He'll say that in the guide. It's like, oh, that's, yeah. that's an easy way. There's other ways he says. Do you do want f- to talk about the other three? F- well, I don't remember all of them, but I remember the main one is that one of the main ones is that uh, the cop has a gun in his pocket and you want to end the loop, but it's blowing your brains out. Yeah, <laughs> and he, your uh, Mac or husband McAvoy, whichever, they do address that. Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. It hurts every time because <laughs> he has to. I mean, he has to feel the pain in order to die, in order to reset the loop and everything. Yeah. Uh, there's the gun one. Do you want to do the other one? What the other one? I don't remember exactly. Well, the other one uh, is literally just let the loop play out. It's yeah. ba- is bland, you know. But the two ones you have the gun one and another one is you take a knife <laughs> and you walk over to a faulty light switch. And you just jam the knife into the light switch, and you electrocute yourself to death. Yeah, that one's probably the most fun, because when he wakes up, Mac was like, "Jesus, 
He's he's like still like shaking from the electricity. Yeah. That one was pretty fun. So like committing suicide to end the loop. Pretty dark, kinda of funny. Kinda of fun. Now we we've we've spoken about this that it it's not awful, it just wasn't the type of thing for me. The repeating stuff gets a little boring because it's repetitive. And Drew said he's heard it on other podcasts where people were just kinda like, meh. You know, I get it. Yeah. When you call it to the end, there's like there's like a there's like a single big reveal, which we won't say here. The big reveal is just kind of like, oh, that's yeah, mm-hmm. it's not worth the time I spent playing this. <laughs> yeah, not at all worth the time. And, you, and if, you, if you're kind of uh, putting together some clues, there's some clues. It kind of kind of like points you in that direction anyway. And I kind of called it a little bit before it's actually fully revealed. If you're putting together the clues, you're like, oh. If this is what this is, I'll be kind of let down, and then it is what it is, and you're like, oh, well, then I am just let down. Mm. This kind of just sucks. <laughs> like I said, he drew he drew loads of inspiration from all yes. sorts of different things, which is pretty cool, and you can see them blatantly. Like I said earlier, um, it happens like twice in the game. There's a walk from the elevator to your apartment, and most of the game is in the apartment, but the elevator to your apartment is a huge homage where he actually put in the carpet from the Shining Hotel. So yeah, that's not that big a deal. It's just kinda cool though. Yeah. Because that's kinda cool. Yeah. But I had no idea. Yeah. I did the Shining one time. You've never seen the Shining? Still, I know of it. I know the carpet. Anyway, one incredibly huge person in video gaming actually had some incredible thing to say about twelve minutes. He quoted I haven't been this into a game since I played Inside. Now it's got me thinking about a mystery of my own. That's the quote. And the quote came from Hideo Kojima. Mm-hmm. Which I can entirely see this being up his alleyway considering the games and everything he does. And that's massive praise. Like that guy could probably live the rest of his life on that single praise. Mm-hmm. The Hideo loved my game. I mean... That's fantastic. Yeah, I love Hideo Kojima's stuff. Like I said, I said before, we haven't talked about it on the podcast because Blake hasn't really played the game, but Death Stranding quickly became one of my like top five games if I've ever played in my life. I absolutely loved uh, Death Stranding. It's actually the only that and like Metal Gear Solid Two, I think, are the only Hideo games I've played all the way from start to finish. But I absolutely love Death Stranding. One rant I didn't really get into it early because, like I said, this is. Um... It's going on everything. It's come out on Switch, Xbox, Windows, and all that stuff. But most recently, the version of it that's coming to mobile devices, iOS, Android, and so on and so forth, is actually being published by Netflix. Because this is one of the games that they've acquired since they're trying to do video games. They've acquired rights to this. And also in hopes of turning it into either a movie and or a miniseries, depending on what works best for the story to be told. That might be pretty good with the actual actors doing stuff as opposed to interacting. Mm-hmm. I may give it a watch. It's better if they got everyone to come back and they got better, Defoe, McAvoy. And, you might be a better... Seeing McAvoy bounce around an apartment would be, would be more entertaining than playing this game would. It might be. So, yeah. kudos to to the fella for getting praise from Kojima and possibly having a video game or movie slash possible miniseries based off his work having this, these three amazing people in it. Yeah. 
I don't really have too. I don't really have anything. Like else said, we, um, with uh, Stone, we had bought the game. This was actually a, a Game Pass thing. It was leaving Game Pass, and I was aware of it and knew it was uh, really short. So I was able to, you know, knock it out when it was leaving Game Pass. I don't know if it was a month or two ago. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I didn't like it as much as Hideo, but to each their own. Yeah, I almost quit it, so I, I really didn't like it that much at all. I if I if I didn't have a god, I probably would have because yeah. I'm definitely would have got stuck in some of these loops because some of it is literally doing everything the exact same, and doing one thing different, and doing one thing different. Like ooh, when you set the dinner table with your wife, you filled up both cups of water instead of just yours. You know. Something like that. It was. It's really vague, but that also some people love that mystery. I I'm not a huge fan of puzzles and puzzle games in general, and that's what all this is. That may have been why I didn't have as much enjoyment. All right. So you want to go into the, the last game? You said we put them in order by by enjoyment. Maybe I don't know if there was is that much to enjoy about this particular game, the last game. But technically, that's the way you worded it in the beginning. Yeah. So our final game we'll be talking about is called One Night Stand. Console Edition. originally came out mobily and on I guess Steam probably in 2016 and the console version came out 2019 uh, the entire game oddly enough I didn't really mean for these two to line up but it's cool that they did is entirely done by one person uh, using the I guess the moniker Kenmoku which uh, her real name is Lucy Blundell uh, random side note Kenmoku is the home planet for Sailor Moon anyway we're on to our next thing. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of Sailor Moon, it's funny you mentioned Sailor Moon. Recently announced uh, Zyboid Games, who did uh, Cosmic Star Heroin, which we've covered on the podcast. Yeah. They're releasing a, uh, their next game is an RPG, like an RPG, done in the style of Sailor Moon people. I'll play the hell we'll play out of that. Uh-huh. I mean, Cosmic Star Heroin was fantastic. Yeah. What happened to Cthulhu Saves Christmas and stuff? It like didn't come. To, I mean, it's on, it's on like PS4, probably. It, it's out. It's been out. I know, but I was like, I hope it would come to Xbox. But it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, they, they, they announced it. I forgot what it's called. It was just announced this past weekend, I think. Anyway, not that podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now, she... Before doing this solo, she had actually worked five years at EA. So she's been in the business and she knows how it works. And she's worked for the, one of the worst things ever, which is yeah. EA. Yeah. So EA is arguably the worst. Yeah, you're not wrong there. So kind of a cool thing. Her initial... She has two projects thus far. She has this one night stand... I guess three if you want to count the console version and the original release as two separate things. So her next title is actually called Memories. And it's recently been updated. And it and now it's called Videoverse. And it's rushed. she says it's roughly about uh, six hours of gameplay. And that's if you do everything. If you just kind of go through, it's much shorter. Now it's of a similar style as, um, as One Night Stand, but 
she she has another game she's currently working on and it'll come out soon so that's pretty cool the development for the entirety of one night stand was only 24 days she did the entire game in 24 days which considering that i don't know how long it took me to beat it i didn't i, didn't, I don't have that part for me uh, it took me an hour and 39 minutes, so let's say it took you two hours, probably two or two and a half hours. Probably? Huh. I don't think it was taking time. It says between one and two hours, but I don't have a time on mine. Hmm. We'll say two hours. You got a time on yours? Yeah, maybe it, it, it's not telling me time. Did you beat it? I beat it, yeah, I got the thousand. I 100%ed it, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't know how long I beat it, probably about two hours. The game itself is it's a visual novel point and click that's really all there is to it now one of the cool things about it is what she used the technically she used for visually uh, she used a technique called rotoscoping or rotoscopic which is where she acted everything out and then she went back and drew over the acting in her own style this can be seen in a plethora of things, tracing over motion picture footage. Anything such as like old school stuff like um, Popeye, Betty Boop, and the Snow White back in the day. They used this and then drew the stuff over it. But some bigger, more, I mean, you can't get more famous than Snow White, but some more recent iterations of this was the original heavy metal, Titan AE, which was pretty big in the 2000s. And then uh, a scanner darkly, which is probably the one of the more recent ones, starring a huge cast of people. Isn't there a new uh, Amazon show that's using rotoscoping? It might be, but I don't know off the top of my head. <clears throat> I saw it. It's a, oh god, I should have mentioned if I didn't know what it was called. But it's like an Amazon show that uses rotoscoping. I feel like. Now there's another one that I'm really. It's called uh, Fire and Ice by Ralph Bakshi, and that is a cool fantasy thing. I bring that one up because. Like a year ago, uh, the director Robert Rodriguez had said that he was curious, he was interested in remaking that movie, and that'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So this is a really cool technique that, and I mean, the, the art is probably one of the better. You have, yeah, you have to see it. Like uh, I'll, I'll attach, like like with all the games, I'll attach a, a trailer of the game to the to the show notes. You'll be able to click on it and see. It's the it's the visuals is kind of what draws you into this game before anything. I mean, it really is just a. Like I said, a kind of a talkie making choices, kind of clicking around a room kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of the visuals and how the how the characters move and just the way it looks is kind of what draws you into it. It is it is cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. And so, the game itself is it's called One Night Stand. As you can tell, it's basically oddly enough almost like twelve minutes. It's a it's a the morning after. Yeah. And everything that your player character does in order to escape from the one night stand yeah yeah and now she says that some of these are her personal experiences and others are stories that her friends have told her and she just kind of combined all these there's about i don't know 12 maybe there's a there's a couple of different endings yeah that you go through and some of them are vastly different other ones are very close yeah i remember how, how many endings or you keep on talking i remember how many endings there were though so the game itself got a whole bunch of play because it, uh, how do you call it? Xbox has its own version of like, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a beta version, the pre-production beta. 
No, for Xbox has that thing where they. Oh God! If you didn't ask me, I'd be able to tell you. But you, anyway, regardless, early um, access. Or something? Yeah, early access. There you go. So this uh, was actually on something called Steam Greenlight. No, oh, we mentioned Steam Greenlight on the podcast a before. couple of times. It got massive amount of attention through that, docking o- almost over eighteen million views from a bunch of people doing Let's Play versions. And some of the biggest people were relatively famous YouTubers, such as, what's his name, Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, and PewDiePie. Those were really oh. massive. I don't know anything about YouTube. No, uh, they're all insanely obnoxious people. Possibly. I don't, I don't know them in any way, shape, or form. I just know that those were the, the prominent names that it mentioned. Doing Let's Plays of this, and it kind of rocketed and got you know real lots of play which is what led to it getting the console version so that's pretty cool again each of these stories are incredibly not incredibly different but they're different enough some of them are weird like one of the things is uh, i won't it it was the only one that stands out to me it's the the weirdest one was to make it out of the morning wearing the girl's underwear (laughs) Yeah, there's a, I, I don't understand why that was so important for that particular thing. For it could, that, it could be a story that yeah. see, see all this either her stories or her friend's stories. So some creepy dude just wanted, wanted to, to get out get wearing underwear. underwear, underwear, underwear. underwear. And yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like it's funny, and like the the number one thing is the art style. That rotoscope is is gorgeous. It's awesome to watch. That this isn't voice acting, is it? No, I don't think it was. Mm-mm. I don't think. I mean, it had you know uh, audio cues and stuff like that, like her walking, closing the door. But I don't think any. I don't think there was any actual voice acting. I don't really have too much more to say about this. I mean, it's. It's, like, it's just something that we like. It's we, so we beat it's, in two it's, hours. It's, it's, so we beat it in two hours. We kind of. There's not enough of it to walk, talk talk about the whole thing. But I said this is the only thing that at the end I didn't hate. Yes. Yeah. You know, I did. I hated Stone. I, I more or less. I didn't. I didn't hate Twelve Minutes. I was just like, kind of like let down by Twelve Minutes. But when I finished all of this, there was no point during this when I was like halfway because we had a guide for this as well, telling you the which choices to make and to get to the, all the different different endings and the various ways you make her mad or don't make her mad. There's just all the different things you have to do to, to quick to get all the achievements. Is multiple different things you got to do. But at the end of this, or even halfway through, I wasn't like, oh, I'm sick of this. Whatever. I want this to be over with. So this is actually somewhat. Like I said some of them are funny. I don't know. The writing seemed okay at the time. I don't remember all of it exactly. I wasn't like rolling my eyes at this game like I was the previous two. It was, it was, that's about, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish I had more to say about it other than the fact that I, I enjoyed my time with it. It was fun. I guess it, uh, two hours, give or take-ish. Yeah. Weirdly enough, it's like, uh, talking about how we acquired the games. This was actually, this actually ended up on Games with Gold, I think. At some point. Oh. Really? Maybe. Probably. Possibly. Or do we buy this? We may have bought this. Because we saw that it was incredible. Like, the TA was, like, under 1100 Maybe. I'm not sure. I feel like this ended up on Games with Gold at some point. Should have looked that up beforehand. But. We're very professional here at uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers. Very professional. And we know how to do things in an appropriately timed manner. <laughs> While Drew's doing that, I will say some kind of cool notes. Uh, One Night Stand has done well enough to have a limited physical release. Hmm. So that's pretty yeah. cool. 
Uh, strictly for the only for the PS4 version though, so that's kind of strange. But I always do that. With, I always snuff the Xbox and stuff like that. People act like Xbox is only for Call. They even still today, people act like Xbox is only for Call of Duty. Even with Phil Spencer doing all the work he's doing to literally put every Japanese RPG he can get his hands on onto the console and stuff like that. And people were talking about, oh, they're buying Activision to get Call of Duty. And who's complaining? The PlayStation people. Yeah. Xbox is the is the Call of Duty is the Call of Duty console, but it's all the PlayStation people that are complaining about losing Call of Duty. If it's an Xbox thing, why do y'all care? I don't know. It's silly. Yeah. But anyway, this is a neat little game. I can't see anywhere. I don't know why I thought maybe it was on it was on Games with Gold. Maybe we ended up, if we bought this, hooray. If we got it on gold, hooray as well. But it's, you know, it's worth it's worth two hours of your time at least. It's the best, most enjoyable of the three of these. Uh, just trying to find your way through the different different ways and different things you do. So the point and click, visual novels, not a whole lot to say. I hate that we say the least about the game we like the most. Yeah. <laughs> it's ironic, we understand that, but it just kind of is what it is without going through every single day. The whole point of it is, is going through the different instances of trying to get away from that, get you know, get get after the aftermath of a one-night stand. Now, I've while we've been doing this, I've been doing some live searching, and I actually found gamesbykimoko.com, which is her video game blog, where she kind of updates stuff periodically. Which is where I found about the the physical copy, but uh, she, you know, I'm reading about uh, video verse, and just kind of uh, kind of some cool things about it to maybe hype up a little bit for those. I'm already interested in playing it, but it seems like it could be cool. It says she actually got lucky enough to get the composer Clark Abowd. Uh, he's the guy who's done the he he's composer for Slay the Spire. So that's actually pretty. I'm currently playing through that. It's a pretty cool little roguelike card based thing. Now the entirety of this video verse is actually pretty cool. She said it's roughly six hours with optional quests, branching narratives, and stuff like that. But the entire point of video verse is it is um, it's a narrative adventure game designed around empathy and inspired by the me verse. So you actually get to create your mirror verse character, which is a me, and you interact with people in like a online community setting like AOL style MSN style and you go through people's lives and stuff like that and help it she says it's a lot of fun but it does go into some deeper darker territories with disabilities depression neglect and but there is plenty of fun and silly moments so that could be kind of fun hmm. okay. it says you, you even get to be able to customize your video verse avatar and stuff like that she'll be able to put an online com- com- is it faking an online component or if she's able to put in a, a, eventually to put, put in uh, an if online if she's doing it by herself she might be faking one faking one but yeah. who knows we, we, could, we've seen that before though it could explode from there but yeah so I thought that was pretty cool it's yeah anyway I just wanted to share that we'll play it is she, is she talking, about, talking about the is she doing rotoscoping again or not uh, it looks like it is I I'll, I have a trailer here we can add we, it's a teaser trailer and it looks Mm, it kind of looks more anime, in all honesty, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe like, if, I, if I remember, I'll attach the trailer. You can, you can send it to me, and I'll attach it to the show notes here. Yeah. Uh, it says that it will launch on Steam and Itch.io, I-T-C-H dot I-O, which is like a free... We've talked about it before and other things where they'll put games on there and just 
let people play them for free, and that's how they all they use it as a beta. it's free service for betas and uh, stuff like that, so they can play test the game before full blown launching it. We've talked about it before, but anyway, um, I'm kind of ready to move on. Uh, yep, that's it. That's our games for this episode. Last thing we have, of course, is a, a TV show. Um, a TV show. I think I don't know if it's the first one we've done that's still technically going. I feel like it. Like, well, hopefully the next season might be the last season. Here's hoping. Because the show might. I mean, it's been fantastic so far, we'll say. But uh, hoping it's kind of finding finding an endpoint at some point, especially since some of the actors are moving on and doing other things. And so we'll see. And we'll talk about how we discovered the show as well. It's kind of a, kind of a cool way to discover a show. It's a show I knew existed, but I had no intention of watching until a particular person's in this show that drew us to the show for the reason that you're going to hear about during this explanation. <laughs> okay. So the show I'm going to be talking about is called Sex Education on Netflix. So it originally came out January 11th, 2019. It currently has three seasons of 24 episodes, and a fourth season has been announced and is currently being worked on. The, uh, the series creator is a woman named Lori Nunn. Now, she has done mostly plays from, for, for the, this is her first TV show she's ever done, but she's mostly done plays. And she's incredibly a very good writer, because one of the first plays she ever did, called uh, King Brown, was actually nominated for the Bruntwood Prize, which is actually a pretty awesome playwright thing in, in London. Uh, it's the biggest one of its kind, where it's completely anonymous. People literally, they take their names off stuff, and they send in their playwrights. Uh, I think in 2021, it said they received over like 217,000 plays. And these people, this group of judges, I don't know, I think 12 or 20 of them, narrow it down to the top 15. And then they track down the people who did this these 15, and then they interview them and ask them questions. But it basically... It's like a battle royale for playwrights, but it's only these 12 judges that read it anonymously. And she, unfortunately, she didn't win the first year, the, the her first play, but it was shortlisted, which mean, it meant it was in the fi- top 15 nominated for the prize. So that's pretty amazing. And her dad is a huge playwright in the London theater scene. So I thought that was all pretty cool about her. Um, this being her first TV show, and then she's, relatively knocked it out of the park this and she's all she said from the get-go this is a british show she's british it's all british almost all the actors are british but the entire point of the thing was it was an homage to her favorite movies growing up which were john hughes movies 16 candles pretty in pink breakfast club you know john hughes and to to the point uh, she even modeled their version of high school after American high schools to make it more easily accessible for international audiences, specifically America, because of John Hughes. Because apparently, uh, again, I don't know anything about it because I'm not from there, but this is nothing like British high schools. <laughs> she did the, the televised drama where she had a bunch of the rugby players walk around in letterman jackets and being jocks. Like, That's all that's fake. It's yeah. Apparently, that's more for American audiences than it is over there. It's homage to John Hughes. Definitely, I can I can see the the relation. 
I'm not going to get into... This has a huge cast of characters that steadily grows from, like, first you're just like, okay, that's just a one-time character, but then that character appears in, like, every episode. Like, basically every character you meet ends up being in every episode after they're introduced. Mm-hmm. So just, it's just about, yeah. Incredibly large it's cast. big ensemble cast. You would kind of think that um, dude's the main character, but it, the, the cast is so big that he's not always the... He's not all the main... We, we'll talk about here in a sec. He's not always... He's not always the focal point of the storylines. So I'm going to focus primarily on just the pilot. I'm, I don't want to talk about season two and introduce characters because that might spoil stuff for people. Our cast of characters follows Asa Butterfield, who plays Otis Milburn. His best friend, Eric Ifong, uh, played by Shuti Gatwa. And then the rebellious teenager, uh, Maeve Wiley, played by Emma Mackey. Dr. Jean Milburn, which is Otis's mother, played by Jillian Anderson. Wonderful Jillian Anderson. And then the school bully, Adam Groff, played by Connor Swindle. There's a lot of... Without spoilers, it's funny to call him the school bully in the season one. Yeah, he, he is the school bully with the massive hog. <laughs> massive hog. That's all that's talked about in the first season. That's, that's all. And they, I guess they sort of forgot about it, and then they referenced it they have to bring it back up. In later seasons, <laughs> like, oh yeah, we established this real early on. We should. We'll say as a small, not a spoiler, that he starts off as like, like I said, he's the school bully, somebody you don't like. And by season, between season two and three, like, because my fiance's watching with us, like, he becomes one of our favorite characters. He's a, he's so endearing. Yeah. And, and he evolves a lot throughout the show. So he's like, he really just is this jerk in the first season. It changes completely throughout the show. So it's really cool to watch his character evolve. Some of the cool things about this is, I mean, let me dive into this real quick. So the character, Connor, who plays Adam, Emma, who plays Maeve, and Shooty, who plays Eric, all incredibly small time. Like, this is some of their first stuff they've done. Mm-hmm. One randomly cool thing I, I found while doing research is all of them, Connor, Emma, and Shooty, though Connor and Emma's are undisclosed role all three of them are going to be appearing in the barbie movie which i thought was <laughs> kind of cool now we saw shooty a picture of shooty in the barbie's closed get up he, he will be playing one of the versions of ken yeah i think you have uh ryan gosling will be playing like the caucasian ken uh simu lee simu lee which was uh shang chi will be playing the asian ken so shooty's and, probably african-american yeah ken. He'll be the african-american ken so I thought that was, well, African, London, African, British. I don't know how to, yeah, sorry. Anyway, but the main reason we came to the show, do you want to talk about this, Drew? Yeah. It's, we already mentioned, mentioned him a couple of times. It's a show that I was, I was already aware of, just didn't care. And, and the name kind of puts you off. Sex education, like, sounds generic and sounds dumb. Don't let the name push you away from, ironically, it's going to be sound kind of hyperbolic. One of the best shows I've seen in recent years. It's very fun. So talking about those these games we talked about with the games with mediocre writing. This is the other end of the spectrum. This game has some of the best writing, some of the best characters, and this is one of the best shows I've seen in a while. That's being hyperbolic as I can be, and I'm I'm incredibly picky and stuff when it when it comes to just everything. I don't know if people who know me in real life and Blake knows and everything that I'm. Something has to be for me to say something. Something has to be incredibly good. I'm not I'm not as easy as. 
Blake just loves stuff because it's he just likes loving stuff. I'm I'm more I'm more of an ass about it. I'm just I'm just got I'm, I'm just picky. But we came to this show because uh, in the past year or so, Doctor Who fans, if you've been keeping track, Shuti, how you say your last name? Gatwa. Shuti Gatwa has been announced as our new Doctor, which is very 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 exciting. Um, it was really cool. We did we had no idea who he was. We're, we're coming off of uh, Jodie Whittaker. And uh, the showrunner is changing. It's all very exciting. Doctor Who stuff. One of the original showrunners is coming back. Russell T. Davies is coming back to uh, run the show again. So very, very exciting. And he goes and like, I mean, now Shooty wasn't like just like, oh, he went and picked him. Like, like he did, he did interview like uh, interviews. But he, but he specifically ran through a bunch of. Actually, he said Shooty was one was was one of the last folks he saw. But as soon as he saw Shooty do his thing what do you call it audition audition yeah. he was like that's my doctor like he didn't have to see him twice he was like he, he saw 20 you know you know you, you got more like picking a doctor is very important in in europe you know and as soon as he saw shooty he was like oh this is this is my doctor this is who i have to go with so shooty was a picked immediately and we've been um like crap we, 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 we don't know him for anything, anything like that and it was like but he was re- recently been attached to like the award-winning sex education we're like okay what that's what's what's that about we should we, we go Let's we'll, go see what this, what our new doctor. See what we're getting into. See what we're getting into, and uh, it's been awesome. We're so glad that he he has led us to this show. It makes it even more excited to be our next doctor because he's an, an incredible. He's already showing an incredible range in this show. Very much. He's so. not just funny. He's not just loud. He's not just everything. He's this ups and downs and darks and highs and lows. It's just like he's already showing an, 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 an like a amazing amount of range. Yeah, in just three seasons, and just twenty four. It's just twenty four episodes. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> ranging so, from forty five minutes to an hour long, but still. But thanks to you know Doctor Who, and then them picking Shooty, and then Shooty sending us to this sh- amazing show that we've been raving about. You know, in our, in our little inner circle, and want to want to bring it up on on here. Kind of would usually wait till a show is over with, but hell, we get we get you onto it now, so you can catch up before season four comes out. Now we say that we don't know if the show will be ending. We have no idea. There's been no announcement that this is the final season. That's not a thing. But we're wondering where Shooty fits in with becoming the next Doctor. You know, like Doctors run multiple seasons. So like, are they going to? We're work now. We're we're in, you're in that weird bubble where like, do they write Eric out of season four? Do they write Eric out of six education? Which would be sad, so he could become the next Doctor. Is that how these things work? Like we just, it's, you're in a weird spot where you don't know the, where the real world kind of affects what's about to, what's about to happen to the your fantasy world. Well, I also wonder if maybe it'll be kind of perfect to have him like kind of run, like if season four is the last season, or if he or if Eric's kind of like. Well, I mean, kind of like time wise, because Netflix stuff is all filmed at once, because it all gets released at once, while yeah. the Doctor Who stuff is spaced out over the back half of the year. So maybe he spends summer doing sex education and then the fall winter doing Dr. Who. So maybe it'll work out kind of perfectly and then won't have to actually, I know we, I do know I've seen that they've showed steals. Sex education's filming, obviously or has filmed and we've seen lots of steals. We've seen nothing of Shuti and his doctor get up. That's that. They always save that to reveal during the show. Cause they ain't even, I don't think they've filmed the actual regeneration special yet. It comes out. They've been doing it like crazy. What do you think of all those pictures of Doc of Tenet and? Yeah, true. That's yeah. This, they did all. Yeah. They've been posting that stuff, but the, they, but no, but nobody snuck any pictures of 
shoot to yet. Yeah. So but apparently he has some say in his get up too. So we'll so see. We'll see. We'll see what he. Be, it'll be fun. We'll see what it looks like. Um, but it's it's all a very exciting time to bounce off this uh really good show because Shooty won't be the doctor until next year probably. Mm-hmm. The, the special won't come out until it'll be the New Year's Christmas. New Year's. It'll be Christmas in the New Year. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be a little bit before we get to see him as the doctor. But it's coming up. It's going to be really because this past couple of seasons of Doctor Who have not been good. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. Um, real quick, I uh, kind of glanced over them real quick early on, but we have Gillian Anderson, who plays Dr. Jean Milburn, who is Otis's mother. Mm-hmm. Fantastic in this. Yeah. Those who don't know who Gillian Anderson is, uh, it's, she's Dana Scully from the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, she's done a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, but that's like 10 years of her career. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that aren't X-Files and aren't kind of about... Because a lot of her things also had her playing... Dana Scully and doing voice work and other TV. It's, it's, it's a huge part of her life. Anyway, some things that aren't that. Boatload of plays. She constantly, she, there was a small window between 2000 and 2005 where she did no acting whatsoever. And I'll get to that in a minute. But she's done a boatload of stage plays. Uh, more recently, uh, 2016, she's actually, she has a book series that she co-writes called the Earth End saga. It's a sci-fi thing, Earth Ending, trying to find other places. It could be something worth looking into. She co-writes it. So that could be fun. One thing close to my heart is she does English voice work in Princess Mononoke as Maro, the mother of wolves. Mm-hmm. And she does a fantastic job in that. Uh, she more recently, besides sex education, she also does, she is media in American Gods. So she's still, she knocked that, that yeah. out of the park. But this is a kind of a cool thing. She, um, again, I don't know how she has time to do this with all the acting that she does too. Uh, but she is super huge into charities and starting foundations and stuff like that. A lot of um, children's rights, sex rights and stuff like that. A lot of, which is kind of cool, kind of reflects her character as well as um, animal rights and stuff like that. And two kind of cool things is one's called Say Yes, which is South African youth and sexual education, where she's trying to, like, go. She go she's gone out of her way to get, uh, in, like, South Africa, get, like, young adults, get them better educated in, you know, normal stuff, as well as sex education. And because she has power, she's also been... Between this and another thing uh, called, uh, it was like family lawyers, where people who can't afford lawyers, but have been wronged, and she pays for the lawyers to like bring, uh, for the South Africa one to like, uh, one of them was a politician had like sexually molested a kid, and the kid couldn't do anything about it, went to some people through the organization, not necessarily her, but through her organization, got lawyers and got the dude arrested. And taken from office, like so that's you know pretty cool. She's helping people through a, all manner of different things. Now the one biggest one that seems to be near and dear to her heart is a something for uh, neurofibromatosis, which she's been activi- an activist in that since 1996, yeah. and been a outspoken person about it because her her brother has it. Sad note, uh, unfortunately her brother passed due to it in 2011, mm. but she's still very active in the community and all that stuff. 
So she, I don't know how she does all, she started all these, does all this and still, act, it's mind blowing. I don't know how. Yeah. She's in like every episode of Sex Education. Yeah. I don't know how she sleeps and not, not, not just Sex Education, all the movies and voice work and everything that she does. I don't know. I don't oh, think she sleeps. Hollywood folks, they just work, 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 work. It's, she probably has people that work for her too, but not, not acting. Yeah. So it's, it's, she's wonderful. I love, I read, reading all this stuff about her. If I didn't already enjoy her, I was like, I love her even more now. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, Asa Butterfield, which is Otis Milburn. He has been acting since he was like four. He's a really good actor. We got Ender's Game, uh, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, Hugo, as well as that. He and a best friend of his do, uh, DJ. They do music and stuff like that. They, he, his brother, and his dad have also put out a game, a turn-based game on iPad called... Oh, God. I forgot to write that down. I can look that up later, but they, they put out a game. He's... Again, he's a young kid. He's like 24. And he's really big into video games. So, there's a random thing where it gets brought up quite a bit, actually, where anytime uh, Otis and Eric want to go hang out they want to go play Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go play. Let's go back to your house and play Smash Bros. They they bring it up quite a bit. Apparently, that is specifically for Asa, because Asa is a a huge fan of the series, but has also been professionally competing in since 2017. <laughs> to the point, um, he was a part of two teams, one called uh, Team Panda Global, under the name uh, the tag Stimpy. And then just recently, which is a very huge thing, uh, called Team Liquid. And they're based out of, um, I think, Dutch? Uh, The Netherlands. And it is apparently a really huge thing for him to be a part of that team, which I don't know anything about. Stuff like that, unfortunately. Hold on, pull it up. Team Liquid is a multi-regional professional esports organization based out of Netherlands. They've been around since 2000. And they have a team in everything, basically. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm not going to go with that whole list, but they have, they're just professional. And he primarily, well, he only does their Super Smash Bros. stuff. Hmm. I didn't see what character he plays. His main. His main. Let's see if I can't find that real quick. Because I didn't see, they didn't mention that in some of the stuff I read. Okay, here we go. Here's an IGN thing. What's his character? It doesn't say I can't find his main character anywhere. It just says he plays Smash. Yeah. And I should have did that research sooner, but oh well. Anyway, there'd be something cool to find. I can maybe figure out at later. So I don't know how he does all this <laughs> in his free time when he's not acting, but like he's also been some some of these other people. It's their first role. He's been acting for the latter part of the last fifteen years. So he's got time and money to do some of these side ventures, like play video games and make money off that as well. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about all this. We haven't actually talked about the the actual concept of the show. It's I mean it's it's a high school like it's weird. It's something I would I normally would hate. It's a high. It's te- technically a high school drama, but it encompasses all their families and stuff too. There's lots of. Stories like you said, his mom is isn't isn't is, is you know is an adult. She's a sex therapist. Um, Adam's dad is the uh, what do you call it? headmaster headmaster of the of the school. There's lots of stuff with him and his family. So it ain't just focused on the. It ain't really 
really all that focused on high school problems, weirdly enough. It's kind of goes back and forth. It's more about family dynamics and family drama, which is something I normally hate, but good writing can pull anything, make anything good. But it, it is what it is. It's more of like a high school family drama comedy. I've laughed really hard at the show. Oh, yeah. That's how many fell down the stairs, too. I kind of pull his pants up down the stairs. <laughs> it was wonderful. I was dying. Okay, so just quick synopsis. We, we said earlier, Dr. Jean Milburn is a famed sex therapist. And her son, Otis, goes to a uh, kind of a private school. And he's gone out of his way. No one at his school knows what his mom does. Period. He's just he's he's just like the uh, just the quiet smart kid in the corner who doesn't draw any attention to himself. He doesn't really get bullied. He's just quiet and doesn't get any attention. And he finds out again first episode. He finds out through word of mouth because it's a high school, so there's all, all sorts of like drama, word of mouth, or rumors that the school bully, uh, the Adam Groff with the huge hog, couldn't finish with his girlfriend and he hears about it because in science class they're assigned to be partners and they have to meet up at Otis's house and Otis tries to avoid it at all costs and he's like we're not going to my house my dad's headmaster and I'm not letting you come into my house and we're not going to the library because only losers go to the library we go to your house where you do all the work and I'll just sit there mm-hmm. and he's like fine and he gets there and Adam finds out his mom's a sex therapist and it explodes into a whole drama where he gets made fun of. His Adam, again, being the bully, finds an old video of his mom showing people how to apply condoms and masturbate and posts it on, like, easily accessible school website and stuff like that yeah. and all these links. And eventually, so basically what happens is uh, Otis eventually helps the bully get over his, situ- his problem. And then one of the... Um, other school rebel, this Maeve Wiley finds out that he was responsible for it. And she's like, you know what? How'd you know? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? We should go into business together. We should start an underground sex clinic for high school. And you take all the know-how you have from your mom and put it to use here. We'll pay people for it. And we'll start an uh, underground sex clinic. Pay them for it. And that's kind of, it sounds, it sounds silly and rushed, but there's so much layering between the characters. Yeah. Between every... It's such a wonderful that, show. That particular play with them running the, the the clinic is more of just like a under thing of everything else that's going on. But it, it's the linchpin that holds everything together. For like one season. No, every... every Everything. Every episode... St- uh, to the point, every episode starts... Like the opening act starts with the situation, whether it be uh, sex, making out, self-pleasure, or harassment. Mm. And that... Each episode is built off that, which again adds a new character to the roster of the school of the overall. Because every single character they they deal with ends up sticking around for the rest of the show. They don't just kind of like pop in for an episode and you never see them again. Yeah, everyone pops in and stays. And just the layered writing and God, there was one thing I think early in season three where it was just a pan a camera down a hallway and it gave you a visual of all these characters. And it was basically this character looked at this character, and then they looked at someone else and looked at someone else, and it was just a back and forth, a bunch of looks, and no words were said. Yeah. And you're like, there was so much so said. Much, so much said in that opening. Yeah, so much said in that scene where no words were said. It was really, it's hard to... 
It was just be- it was it incredibly well done. Yeah. This show gets a lot of comparisons to an older movie from like 2000, I want to say 7, I think it was, called Charlie Bartlett. This movie stars Anton Yelchin and Robert Downey Jr. R.I.P. Anton Yelchin. True that. Robert Downey Jr. is, again, he's just a straight-up therapist. And his son decides to open up a therapy session in the school's bathroom and, sounds exactly like and takes his dad's notepad and writes prescriptions for kids and stuff hmm. for what they need. And it's almost the exact same thing, except for this primarily focuses on like sex. Surely she's seen that movie. I'm sure she has. Hmm. But it, it, it gets a lot of comparisons, but this goes... That's a 90-minute romp, while this is so far 24 hours of many different characters and so on and so forth. So, wonderful show. I can't talk about it enough, and I really hope more people see it. And I am super excited to see Shuti uh, Gatwa as uh, as our doctor. I'm curious to see what he brings. Yeah. You have anything else you want to say, Drew? No. If it says anything, like usually we, we burn through a movie or burn through a TV show at about 10 minutes or so. We, we just spoke about this for nearly 30 minutes. Yeah, well, there's a lot to unfold there, and I... That, I didn't even go past the first episode. Yeah, that's just the pilot, yeah. Um, I didn't even talk about some of the best characters. There's other parts of the cast. He didn't mention, what's her, Amy? Yeah, she's wonderful. Amy, Amy Lou Wood. Yeah, whatever her, I don't know, I don't know the actress. Amy, Amy Lou Wood. Her character's name is Amy Gibbs. Oh, she's she, Amy, Amy, really? Yeah. Yeah, she says she has some of the funny, she's like the most endearing, she's the like most honest. Innocent, I would in, think. Innocent in a way. Innocent or naive. Innocent, yeah, because she just like, there's no filter to what comes out of her mouth. She just says like whatever's in her brain just comes out of her mouth. And one of my favorite things is it's not nothing dirty or anything like that. But she was just like Maeve was trying to figure out how they were getting to this place, and they're like, you know, like Amy, you've you've been there before. Like how 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 did you get there? And Amy goes, I don't know. I just arrive places most times. <laughs> I just arrive. I, I should have mentioned her. She's the girlfriend. Oh, she's Adam's girlfriend. Adam's girlfriend, yeah. She's yeah. The girlfriend, yeah. And in, in, in season one, at least. But she's funniest and most. She's like, she's like, almost like always the innocent person in all the situations that she's in or around. She's like the innocent. Because well, she's there's not a bad bone in her body. Yeah. yeah. She's just a sweetheart. She might be a little naive at times, but she's definitely. She's kind of. She's kind of. She's naive and ignorant. I don't, I don't like to call her stupid. I think she's just ignorant because she has a super rich family, so she's been kind of kind of uh, pampered and stuff a like that. Bit. Yeah, so she's just kind of just doesn't know a lot of things, but uh, she's great. She's uh, every. There's not a character that I hate, honestly. Yeah, like even some characters you start out hating, you're just like like we we said Adam. Like you hate him early on. He he is just the bully. But then you see behind the scenes, you see his home life, you see all this other stuff, and you're just like, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Can't talk about it enough. Hope other people will watch it. Uh, watch it right in. Right into us. Tell us about your favorite character, your favorite scene, or something like that. We'd, we'd like to hear it because there's so, there's so much show oh, there. Oh, God, yes. There's so many characters. I, I would love to hear other, see other people talk about. You can We can chit-chat about this on any of our social groups uh, yeah. discord or any of that yep it's all there for everybody everybody to get into uh, with that we're going to wrap this up like we said we want to end it, on, end it on a high note on a fantastic TV show after talking about a bunch of maybe not great games but that's just how we're going to end up doing it that's all I have to say I want to thank everybody for listening I want to thank 
Jared of Emerge for letting us have a song to play as our intro, of course. I always want to mention that. It's really cool to have an actual band, a real band with a real song that we get to use for our podcast. And I want to thank previous guests now, Devious Pixel, a.k.a. Maladin, for uh, coming on the podcast and, you know, talking with us on the podcast and, you know, always supplying us with uh, art for the podcast and our other podcast as well. It's been an awesome time having him around for so long. Uh, and that's really all I got. Thanks, everybody, for, for listening, and we'll catch you again in a couple of weeks. Our next episode, if you're keeping track, will be a Gamefly episode. We're gonna we're gonna see what the past couple of Gamefly games that we didn't beat sent back are. We'll we'll throw that episode together as well, and so you'll see why we didn't beat a little handful of Gamefly games. That's all I got, and we'll see you next time. And I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. Everything.